Do you guys remember the movie Piku? It had Amitabh Bachchan, Deepika Padukone, right? I remember this particular scene where Piku's aunt was trying to set her up with a single man at a party, and the scene was so funny that I still remember it. In that scene, I saw Shumanto Chattopadhyay for the first time as he was that single guy in the party. I didn't know who he was back then. Some years later, I stumbled upon Shumanto on LinkedIn and then got to know that he was an advertising stalwart. I then searched more about him and then got to know that he was not only a creative director who has won laurels at prestigious events like Cannes, Clio's, Effie's, London Festival, and more, but he is also a poet and an actor who was nominated for the Best Actor Award at the Filmmaker Festival of World Cinema in Nice, France. Apart from this, he also runs the English Nut. an award winning grammar guru property on social media which aims to spread knowledge about the english language i felt that shumanto has donned so many hats and that too in so many multiple creative fields i really wanted to pick his brain to understand just how does he do what he does this conversation with the english nut was absolutely brilliant this is care to connect with shumanto chattopadhyay <laughs> Hello Shumanta sir thank you so much for doing this and taking out the time Thank you Ayushman So one of uh, your extremely well known IPs is the English nut To me personally this IP is not only a knowledge bank for English words and vocabulary which mm. I never even knew about but more so I feel it is helping us learn a language so much better so that we can uh, connect more effectively with people I wanted to understand two things here. Number one, what is the motivation behind creating the English nut? And going forward, what does language mean to you when we place it in terms of building a positive and effective a connection and relationship with each other? So I think that uh, when I started the English nut, honestly, uh, it was because, uh, as you know, that I've I've worked in. advertising yeah. most of my life and i was an advertising creative person and uh, there were a few things going on at the time uh, that i started uh, the english not one is that uh, i think i was a little bit uh, i was getting frustrated with some yeah. of the work that i was doing for my clients because okay. you know you, you keep presenting your ideas and they you know they don't get approved yeah. and that yeah. you know the, that can be quite tiresome yes. at times and i uh, then i decided why not create something uh, and that was when social media was you know becoming a yeah. thing and people were saying you know video is the future because up until that point uh, you know it was all about the written word more right. than about video right. and i already had a, a a blog on the english language but uh, you know i had friends who were telling me why don't you start something with video yeah and that's how and i said okay let me do something where i'm going to be my own client really yes yes i'm going to create uh, and that's the way that i've done the english nut so it, it, the english language has always been a passion for me i've always loved the language yeah. and uh, so i said let me do something with it and also you know it's it's the case that at my workplace among my friends it you know they always ask me <laughs> when they have a question about english or yeah. if they want me to correct something they've written in english so it was you know it came quite naturally to me 
right and that's how i uh, started the english nut uh, also at that time for me it was an experiment of how to you know run something on social media because right. i was uh, you know as i always say that i'm a, a digital dinosaur you know i'm not a digital native i wasn't born into it and i and i still struggle quite often every time uh, you know i'm faced with right. uh, some new new uh, uh, social media platform some new technology it takes me a while to right my head around it so i right. thought this was good way of uh, uh, you know being able to uh, learn yeah. learn the ropes yeah. so th that's why i started it and yes um, it was it was going to be about the english language like i said i love the language so it was my uh, so i think my attempt in the english nut is to be able to convey some of that love and maybe to infect other people with the right. that love for language and of course for different people it's different languages i'm not saying that i yeah. i have some people who write comments about oh you know why english and why not hindi mm. and things like that well uh, there are lots of other people who can do something with hindi yeah. or yeah. bengali or uh, tamil or any other language english just happens to be uh, the language that i uh, am most comfortable with and that yeah. i love the most uh, apart from my own mother tongue which is bengali right uh, but the reality is that i spend more of my time uh, speaking in english than right. i do in bengali right uh, though i know bengali well but uh, if you ask me to write an essay for example i would be much more comfortable mm. writing because i've spent most of my adult life writing in english right i would like to take you back to your days of advertising actually for some time yeah um yeah so nowadays as you're seeing like it's almost imperative that you know single ads and campaigns they talk about issues and topics and which people care about like if you see the like the ads which are also being submitted to cans they all have those issue based ads which are winning nowadays right yeah yeah, uh, yeah. The, and it seems that the days of direct selling are gone now right however i was reading this recent report by you know wonderman thompson like you know in the report they said that the respondents said that they are likely to buy from brands that bring them a sense of joy or other brands that surprise and delight them however here is the catch 7 in 10 people said that they cannot remember the last time a brand did anything that excited them more so 61% of people say that companies and brands aren't doing anything original it seems like advertising to some extent has stagnated according to this uh, this report what is your take on like you know originality in advertising and why has it taken a hit which this report clearly states in general what is your take on advertising content which is being made and consumed today so i i think that you know the people have got very caught up with algorithms and technology mm. so you know uh, it's about uh, how can i use tech to pinpoint uh you know a customer and you know give them exactly uh, the information that they're asking for and know every you know uh, basically treating every customer as a set of data points you know mm. i know this 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 and this about you so i'm going to serve you up this automated ad which will mm. give you the information that you want and 
if you happen to like the color blue and if, if it's an uh, ad for a car, then I'll make sure that the picture that I show you is that of a blue car. But I think that it it uh, is tending to become a little mechanical because right. of that. And I'm not saying that uh, knowing your customer and giving them the information that they want is not important. That is important. But, you know, as you were mentioning that people want to buy from brands that they love that because, you know, the they feel happy when they, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. look at that brand because it yeah. brings them joy. You know, maybe there's something quirky about that right. brand which uh, which appeals to them. Right. Uh, and I think that part of it has taken a bit of a beating. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, I think some of it was that because of the pandemic, you know, that itself had a negative impact mm-hmm. on all our lives, and including mm-hmm. on advertising as well. But I don't think that we can blame all of it on that. Like you said, you know, this purpose-driven advertising has become a big thing. And in terms yeah. of, you know, when you look at Cannes and the big international yeah. awards, uh, you know, that's what they're rewarding. And I do agree that it's great for a brand to have a, a purpose. Yeah. But what I feel is that a lot of, uh, you know, effort is being put in by brands to make it seem that they're really uh, dedicated to a particular purpose, whereas it, you know, maybe it's just uh, an advertising gimmick. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think that if there's a brand that um, uh, genuinely believes in uh, something, you know, uh, that, uh, you know, I'm a shoe brand and I want to uh, donate or sh- give away a free pair of shoes to a needy person for every pair of uh, shoes that I sell, you know, so if, if you're, so if you're really putting your money where your mouth is and doing something like that, mm. uh, then it's great. But if you, you know, once a year, you don't do this piece as a marketing exercise, you, you, you know, you have to spend certain amounts of money for social causes. That's actually something that the government forces you to do. Right. So then you, you know, you spend it on something and then you hype it up uh and yeah. you make it seem like it's something that you know you're absolutely passionate about and it's something that you live and breathe every day but it's not so that i think is what the the, the matter is and i and i actually you know if you look back 10 years ago to yeah. the you know when to look at the can winners mm. they were actually very entertaining ads right. right you know there was a lot of humor there was mm. emotion but if you look at a lot of the ads that are, you know, it's not even an ad. It's basically, it's a case study that you have to look at, you know. Mm. And uh, like I said, you know, some of it's genuine. Some of it is about uh, using, uh, they, they've actually, it's not even about an, uh, just a, a pure ad. It's a it's not pure communication. A brand has created something which is going to help society. Right. And they are communicating that through their uh, through their advertising and marketing, which is all good. But like I said, I think there's something to be said for good old fashioned advertising, which is advertising, which doesn't pretend to be anything else. Right. And it, which is, you know, there to entertain you, to get your attention. And then when, when you've got your consumer entertained, you right. also tell them, this is my brand and maybe you should consider it. Which, okay. which was sort of the traditional way that we looked at advertising. So I think that that is something which has taken a backseat. And because mm. of that, you see a lot of uh, very boring kind of advertising out there. Thank you so much for that, Shumanda, sir. I 
wanted to say this thing, right? One of the things I really love about you is that how you imbibe Rabindranath Tagore in what you publish. For instance, on LinkedIn, I read an article that you wrote some years back where you used Tagore, a poem by Tagore, and uh, used that poem to address the issue of racism and its placement in ads. And you wrote about it. Uh, yeah. Also, in YouTube, I saw that uh, you also uh, like, you know, recited in a wonderful video with a Tagore song. And I wanted to know this, right? And like, is Tagore a way of reclaiming your uh, cultural roots as a Bengali? Why do you imbibe his work so much in your life? So I, you know, I, uh, so first of all, I have a family connection with Rabindranath Tagore. Okay, please go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, so how, he, how? my my uh, paternal grandmother, my Thakuma, mm. uh, was from the Tagore family. Mm. Mm. Uh, and Rabindranath was her grand uncle. Yeah. And, uh, and though there were, two, you know, not, there was a big age difference and a generational difference right. between them. They were very close because my grandmother was, uh, you know, she was a very talented person. She she could sing, she could act. And mm. as you know that, uh, so uh, I, I know one of, and she used to, when I was a child, she used to tell mm. me a lot of stories about Tagore. Mm. One of the things she told me, for example, was that, uh, you know, uh, uh, Tagore did not know how to write musical notation. Right. So he, when he used to uh, come up with a song, he would kind of sing it to himself. Um, and uh, perhaps this happened at night and he would be waiting impatiently for the morning for somebody to, uh, you know, come wow. come over to his place, yeah. whom he sing it to yeah. and who uh, somebody who was, uh, who himself or herself was a singer. Right. So through the person, the song, right. you know, the tune of the song would be wow. uh, amazing. Beautiful. So my grandmother was one of those people, you know, she was a very good singer and, you know, the, she said, you know, there were times when she would go, go to meet him and he would say, I've just written this song, you know, <laughs> please listen to it and then you please learn the words and mm -hmm. the tune. So from things like that to, you know, she's acted in plays, you know, Rabindranath used to act in a lot of the plays that he wrote. Mm -hmm. And she has acted opposite him. Uh, there's a play called Bishor Jun, a very famous play and a pr uh, production of that in which my uh, grandmother played the role of mm. Oppurna, one of the main characters, mm. and Robin mm. Joy Shingo. So mm. they uh, they acted together. So anyway, I heard so many of these stories right. when I was growing up. And as it is, Bengalis, you know, yeah. are, you know are in love with Tagore. And I think for good reasons. Yeah. So, and then because of, you know, being growing up in an environment where, uh, you know, I, I would hear these stories. Mm -hmm. Not only that, I mean, we grew up singing uh, Rabindra Shangit and reading his poetry and, you know, reading his stories. Even in school, I, I read uh, his stories as part of my curriculum. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I, you know, when you say reclaim, I don't know, it's always been a part of me. Right, okay. So I find it just natural for me to, you, you know, if you, if I'm writing about something, probably something that Tagore wrote would be the first thing that would come right. to mind. Right. So it's not that I'm consciously trying to reclaim my past or reclaim my culture. It's very much present for me right. at this right. moment. So right. It's a part of me. And, you know, you've talked about the poem that I recited that was uh, a friend of mine who was a singer, uh, yeah. was singing, recording this song, uh, Oje Mane Na Mana. Yes. 
and what I did was I uh, which, which um, many of Tagore's songs the lyric I mean there are also poems there are poems yes. as well as songs so I translated that poem into English right uh, the yes. uh, Tagore's Bengali poem and I recited that uh, right yes version because it was also a way for that song to have a wider audience yes. since the, the the song was in Bengali we felt that you know along with this recitation of the English translation Right. It could find a bigger audience. Right. So, and it's something that I enjoy doing. And, you know, as I said, I was approached to do it. And I said, why not? Yeah. Uh, because it's very much a part of my culture, of, of my uh, growing up and right. know, my world, so to speak. Yeah. So you said a very interesting thing that you're not reclaiming anything because it is always there with you, right? Yes. From, yes. from you, I really wanted to understand this about you. I feel like on one hand, I'm seeing that you have the English nut, which is a western concept right it's an english medium concept on yeah. the other yeah. hand i see you talking about your own culture about a regional culture which is bengali so there right. i feel there are two identities at play here right i feel sometimes within you so what is yeah. your perspective on your identity so you have also been out of kolkata and you have been living in other places bombay i guess for so long right sir yeah. how do you perceive your identity and how does it help you make your space among other people and help you also connect with other people around you as you have these two very uh, like you know, distinctive identities yeah. in you. How do you balance it up? You know, yeah. First of all, again, it's a lot to do with your upbringing. So I was, yeah. I grew up in a family where, uh, you know, we grew up with both of these languages. Yeah. Uh, both my parents uh, spoke, uh, you know, both in English mm -hmm. and Bengali. So I, you know, I learned. So we we were very comfortable switching between the two yeah. languages. Yeah. You know, in fact, you know, it's funny that it when I was young, the city was called uh, Calcutta, and then it Calcutta. it's now called. But the truth is that for people like me, when we were uh, when we spoke in English, we said Calcutta. When we were speaking in Bengali, we always yes. said Kolkata. So I think, and uh, also, you know, another thing is, I was actually born in the UK. Okay. My my parents had gone there. My father had gone to teach mm. there to, uh, in in Wales, which is a part of the United Kingdom. Yeah. And I was born there. Of course, when I was really tiny, they came back. So, yeah. But later again, we went to, my father went to teach in Manchester, England. So, right. uh, and then later to Tanzania and Africa. So, mm. Throughout my schooling years, I had these breaks when I was uh, abroad. Mm -hmm. Then for my college education, I went off to the US and Canada. So I have spent a number of years abroad. Mm -hmm. And uh, so obviously, when abroad, it was the English language, which yeah, got, uh, got the prominence. In, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, it was only English because, you know, there was no, uh, uh, there was nobody speaking Bengali around. Yeah, me of course. Yeah, so therefore, I mean, I don't find a dichotomy between the two mm. things. I think for a lot of English medium people in this country, if, uh, I mean, who people that by that, I mean, people who've had an English medium education, mm. it's you have your own uh, mother tongue as mm. well as English. You, know, you are you are that much richer because you have both of these languages. And, mm. and I think the languages give you access to different kinds of emotion, Right, you know different kinds of culture. I mean, Bengali, 
uh, when I'm reading something in Bengali or I'm speaking in Bengali, I think even the, the way you express your thoughts mm. or the way you hear the thoughts of others express, it's so different from what it is in English. Mm, yes. so, you know, you're, there are these two cultures which yes. you have complete access to and which become a part of you. So I think it's wonderful to know uh, more than uh, one language. You yeah, know? yeah. We are both speaking in English and we are yeah. both Bengali. Both yes. know, uh, you know, more than one language and we, you know, we know Hindi and I, you know, I've learned Spanish and I've learned a little bit of French. So I, you know, I, I like languages and I right. think that language has its own uh, nuances and each language teaches you something and it, and I think that it gives you perspective. Mm. Uh, if you, if, you, if you just speak in one language, yeah. uh, which is not the case for most Indians, I think most Indians know at least two, yeah. or if not yeah. more. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it just gives you uh, a perspective. The minute you realize that this one language which you speak at home is not the be all and end all of everything, yeah. that you know uh, there are there are these other languages and the perspective is so different in those languages. It's like if you go to see a Bengali film mm. and you go to see a Hindi film or you go to, go to see a Malayalam film, you, you'll get a very different experience from right. each one of them, which are very intricately interwoven with the languages themselves. Yes. So thank you so much for this amazing conversation. I would just like to end it with this question. You have been in so many fields, right? From advertising, you do poetry, uh, you also, like you're, a, like you're also a writer, right? And you have like you know donned so many hats in so many areas. What would you like to be remembered as? You know that's a really <laughs> difficult question. It's you know it's not uh, something that I like to think about because it makes me think. Okay, I'm 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 going to die, and then what are people going to remember? <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, I would. Uh, so I I like to think of myself as a creative person. So I would like to live every aspect of my life creatively mm -hmm. and uh, if I am able to do that well and if people recognize that after I'm gone then that would make me happy though I think once I'm dead, dead and gone <laughs> it won't matter to me anymore but even if you're still alive like what would you yeah. like people to be no, I mean, it's the way, in that sense like yeah. I said you know it's the way that I like to mm. I like to live my life in a creative manner by applying creativity to every right. aspect of my right. life. That's that's my attempt. Right. And that is what gives me satisfaction. So if I'm if and when I'm able to do that well to apply creativity to be it to writing, be it to acting, be it to mm -hmm. write reciting something or photography or just the way that you know I do up my house, uh, the way that I travel, you know, right. if I can be creative in every aspect of my life and that is what is going to make my life meaningful for me. Thank you Shumanta sir for giving me your time and I wish you all the best for the future. Thank you. And all the best to you as well. You can follow the Care to Connect podcast on Instagram. You can also follow me Ayushman Basu, the host on Instagram and LinkedIn. All the social media links are in the podcast description.